Good day, listeners and parents. Uh, let's jump right in and talk about the 10 common things that happen to the newborn in labor and delivery. My name is Dr. Anselm Anyoha. I am a board certified pediatrician and hold a PhD in infant mental health and early childhood development. Uh, this is to say I have interest in the social emotional health of of babies, the newborns, and infants and children. And as part of my regular topics, I'm going to talk about what happens to the uh, newborn uh, in labor delivery. Uh, as a pediatrician, I'm always um, uh, called, you know, uh, I won't say always, but sometimes when the uh, delivery team look, uh, needs me, they call me or they invite me to labor delivery to assist with the newborn should anything go wrong. So I, I go in there and, um, you know, I, once as I'm waiting, I witness, um, you know, a few things that I think the parents, uh, need to know. And I want to bring it to the attention of parents, especially and have that as, uh, as a knowledge base. And of course, discuss with their families and other siblings and friends, you know, uh, information is power, right? So let's jump right, uh, into it. Uh, so the uh, number one is uh, babies uh, are suctioned in their mouth and nostrils once they're delivered and they have um, uh, materials like uh, uh, fluids around their mouth and nostrils, especially if the baby is born and they're not crying. The first thing the uh, OBGYN doctors or a midwife uh, attendants do is to suction the baby gently in the mouth and nostril. And um, uh, to allow air to begin to uh, enter into the baby's uh, nostrils, so the baby can start breathing. So I think that's the first thing I notice that happens frequently. Uh, the second thing I, ha- I notice that happens frequently is, um, of course, once the baby is born simultaneously, uh, there's a, a clock around the corner, and a nurse or an attendant looks uh, towards the clock and then records the time. You know, time of delivery. Uh, because that's going to go into baby's record, right? Every baby, uh, the date of birth, the time of delivery uh, is well recorded and is done when the baby is fully born. So I think that's number two things that um, number two thing that happened uh, in labor and delivery that parents should know about. Number three thing is, um, of course, cutting a cord, which is a big deal. You t- put two clamps uh, and then cut the cord uh, in the middle, right? One clamp and the re- remaining of the cord goes uh, towards the placenta and the ba- and the mother. The other section of the cord uh, is with the baby and goes to the pediatrician, right? And eventually the baby ends up uh, under a radiant warmer uh, where a baby is placed to continue to, uh, to be uh, looked after. Right, so number three thing that happened to the baby uh, is cutting the cord, right? And number four is the baby is handed over to the pediatrician uh, and the nurse attendant, uh, usually uh, the pediatrician uh, works with the nurse attendant uh, to make sure the baby is okay or continue to be okay. And most babies are, but the radiant warmer is the place where we care for the babies who are uh, who are not doing very well and who needs to um, 
pick up and start uh, and start crying. Okay. So uh, what we do there? Uh, if the baby still has some materials, fluid around their nostrils and a mouth with su- suction a mouth and a nostril. Okay, clearing the airway so the baby can breathe. And then of course we, you know, uh, there's plenty of warm blankets. We continue to mop the baby's uh, skin, uh, get rid of the amniotic fluid. The head is a good, uh, you know, is soaked with uh, fluid and sometimes blood. So we need to get that out so that the baby can uh, could remain warm and not to lose temperature uh, from the evaporation of fluid. All right. So we do that. And of course, uh, under, under the radiant warmer, um, pulse oximeter is attached so that we know that the baby is breathing very well. Oxygen is saturated and uh, the heart rate is beating good, right? So uh, the heart rate is uh, within normal limits. So pulse oximeter is attached and um, uh, they, the, the, the nurse can get the height and weight of the ba- the length and weight of the baby. Uh, at that point in time, because the radiant woman has uh, has uh, uh, um, has ways to uh, measure uh, weight, and the nurse can use uh, a tape measure to measure the length of the baby, right? And uh, under, still under the radiant warmer, a quick exam is done. Okay, looking o- over the baby uh, to make sure the baby is okay and check for any gross abnormalities. Like uh, extra digits, extra uh, skin tag, a head deformity, you know, bumps on the head, and and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so baby's checked out quickly, and and they um, of course uh, part of the assessment is to uh, do what we call abgas score. Right. Abgas score. The highest the baby can score is ten, and uh, most babies do score nine. Nine abgas score. Uh, Abgas score is um, checks for baby's heart rate, make sure it's strong and within normal limits. Uh, baby's respiratory rate, respiratory effort is also checked. Uh, muscle tone, you know, grimace, grimace. Um, how is the baby reacting to, you know, uh, things around them? Are they sneezing? Are they coughing? Are they just not responding? So you want to know that. The more the baby responds, um, the better, right? And of course, I uh, check the skin color and um, whether the the extremities, the baby is pink, right? Which means that the baby's uh, oxygen is uh, flowing everywhere. And but most times, more the uh, the foot of babies are usually you know slightly uh, blue. We'll call it. so most babies. Um, end up getting a gas score of 9 at 1 minute and 9 at 5 minutes, right? So the maximum a baby can get in one category is 2, right? So, and there are five, 5 categories, like I said, heart rate, respiratory effort, muscle tone, reflexes, and color. So if a baby who hits 2 categories, the baby gets 10, right? But, uh, Usually the color is uh, one because most babies, like you said, have this uh, tinge of blue uh, on their feet, which is normal. So we give them one instead of two. So if you add them up, five categories, uh, four categories of two, and one category of one. So most babies get an APCA score, or most babies get APCA scores 
of 9 and 9. So, I don't have to be a very um, nosy about Abgascore, but it's good for parents to know that this Abgascore uh, is a way of assessing the, how their baby did at age one minute and age five minutes approximately, right? Or and sometimes we do at age 10 minutes as well. So, um, so I don't want you to be confused when you see Abgascore in your baby's document, right? It's just a gross way of, um, overall way of measuring how the baby did at birth, right? So that is the fourth thing, uh, we do. And of course, uh, part of the, um, part of after that, we, uh, the fifth thing that, uh, normally usually occur is erythromycin on, on the baby's eyeball, I should say, uh, in the baby's eyelids, right? You open the eyelids and you put the erythromycin an ointment there. They come in a small tubes, right? So you, uh, open that and squat some in each of the eyelids, right? And that is to prevent gonorrhea. Gonorrhea, uh, uh, pregnant women and women who are going to have a baby are screened for gonorrhea routinely, uh, which is a standard thing in the United States. But uh, as an extra precaution uh, for, for you know, uh, cases that might have been missed, right, uh, this uh, erythromycin is put in the baby's eye to prevent um, risk of um, uh, eye infection due to gonorrhea, which could cause... Uh, a devastating eye problems in babies, right? So you want to make sure you, um, your doctor screen you for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Uh, but the erythromycin is, is uh, specifically for, for, to prevent transmission of gonorrhea, uh, from the mother's genital tra- tract to the baby's eye. All right. So that is the fifth thing that happens, which is erythromycin ointment to the eyelids. The, um, the sixth thing that happens is vitamin K shots. Uh, babies receive, uh, one milligram of vitamin K in their muscle, right? Uh, when they're born, while they're still, uh, under the radiant warmer, right? Placed on the radiant warmer and among, after, you know, suctioning and, you know, uh, doing other things we talked about, uh, there's a, a, a shot of vitamin K that is uh, placed in a baby's tie, right? And usually we don't put a bandit there, so parents don't even know that this was given. But vitamin K is very important because it helps facilitate the clotting mechanism in a baby. Clotting mechanism is very important because uh, that prevents the baby from bleeding inside the muscle or in the abdomen or in the brain, which might cause serious uh, brain problems, lethargy, brain damage. So you don't want to you don't want the baby to be at risk for bleeding inside their cavities, right? Inside the inside the brain or muscles. So that's why vitamin K is very important. Even uh kids babies who are born at home by midwife might be at risk if they don't know about the importance of vitamin K. Vitamin K is used to facilitate clotting mechanism to prevent babies from bleeding after they're born. So that's very, very important to know. So another cool thing that um, happened in, in babies in Lebanon delivery, delivery, that is number seven, is um, babies are uh, footprinted, right? Uh, an attendant brings 
an ink pad and uh, places the baby's uh, foot on the ink pad and then transfer that to a paper that is going to go to uh, the baby's document, right? Uh, so both feet, both uh, uh, baby's feet are footprinted and placed on the, on the paper and it's going to be part of the baby's document that the mother goes home with, right? So I think it's part of the identification process. And of course, you know, uh, once the baby is born and the, re- and the information goes to the record department, they also, uh, bring a, a band, a wristband that goes, uh, on the baby's wrist. All right. For also identifications. So as early as, as early as, uh, one hour of age, babies are beginning to get into the system of footprint, um, you know, ID bands and uh, being, you know, um, introduced into the society of society where of doing things. So parents have to know these things happen and be prepared to discuss with their, with their, with their doctors when they take the baby to routine newborn visits when they're discharged from a hospital. So, but we're still in the, in the labor and delivery, right? The baby's still there with the mother. So the, the eighth thing, that happens is what we call skin to skin. Now this baby is um, is stable, right? Uh, we know the baby is doing well. The baby's breathing, color is good. Uh, vitamin K shot is given. Erythromycin is already also given. Uh, put in the eyes. Uh, so we're now to number eight, which is skin to skin, which is a way of starting uh, early bonding, mother and baby bonding, right? So mother, uh, the baby is. Transferred to mother, um, still on the, on the delivery bed, right? And placed on the mother's chest. And this baby is, uh, is cozy, cozying up, uh, on the mother's chest, right? And the mother feels the, the love and the touch of the baby and it relaxes the mother and relaxes the baby. And they begin to, this is the beginning of bonding, which is, uh, is, uh, is the very, uh, big thing now in, in pediatrics, right? It's called skin to skin, uh, bonding. All right. Uh, so that is the eighth thing I think, um, that's cool that happens to, uh, babies in labor and delivery. The ninth thing, uh, is for the babies to be, uh, retrieved from the mom, you know, and covered and dressed up in a warm blanket, right? And, you know, with their hats on. Uh, this is also to prevent, um, to prevent, uh, prevent a, um, a hypothermia or loss of temperature or be, for the baby this to prevent a baby from being cold right especially now in in in, in countries like united states or western country where um or usually in the, in the in usually in the delivery room the temperature there is very cold and babies can get very very cold right so once the baby is uh, a mother are uh, done with the Skin to skin bonding. The baby is, uh, is wrapped in a warm blanket and a cozy hat. And, um, and that's number nine. So number 10, what's number 10? Number 10 is this baby needs some rest, right? So the baby is uh, put in a bassinet, right? And where the baby is, uh, is resting because this baby is born and has been through all this traumatic experience. Of uh, things in their nostrils, you know, bulbs, syringe suction in nostrils and their mouth, you know, 
ointments in their eyes and a shaft in their muscles. So this baby is um is has some gets get some bread. So the baby is putting a bassinet, right? And uh and that goes with the mother to the mother baby unit if the mother is ready. If the mother is not ready, then the baby stays uh beside the mother and the father and waits for the next thing. So now you know what happens in that labor and delivery room. It's no more a mystery, right? And this is important so that the parents can discuss this uh things, some of these things with their uh, baby's doctor when they go for uh appointment, right? Which is within a week of delivery. You should take your baby to your pediatrician, right? And and be ready to tell them exactly what's going on, what happened in that delivery room. Okay, what is the baby's APGA score, right? And when the uh, pediatrician said, your baby got erythromycin in the eyes, he said, yes, she did. And when the uh, pediatrician says, says, your baby got vitamin K, he said, yes, he did. So that gives you, you know, uh, makes you very part of the baby's management to start with, right? Because you get information. Information now is is up to date about the baby's uh, first few hours of life. And that's powerful for parents to know because some of this information is going to be part of the baby's uh, story as the baby gets older, right? Time of birth, you know, the abgas call, the, the chance they've received, and so on and so forth. So I thank you for listening to this podcast. Please, you know, to, for you to share that with you friends and families and whoever has a baby who can need this information because I think this information is powerful and I hope if you're outside United States or even in Nigeria or Ghana or any so-called poor countries and you have to find out from your uh, obstetrician or gynecologist whether your baby is getting uh, uh, vitamin K after birth whether your baby's getting uh, erythromycin ointment after birth, right? Find out from the pediatrician as soon as possible. Find out from the OBGYN doctor as soon as possible before you even leave the hospital because you don't want your baby to be infected with gonorrhea. That's going to cost, be, um, a lot of cost to treat afterwards, right? The, uh, the, the, the infection goes in an eye and could be debilitating to the eyes. So you want to make sure your baby got vitamin K to prevent them from bleeding, right? These are very easy things to ask and demand, and they're not expensive, right? But if you don't ask the right, right questions, you might lose your baby. Your baby might become sick to the extent that uh, it takes a lot of time and effort to care. And this is a baby you've carried for nine months, so you need all the information you have to make sure uh, the uh, practitioners, the OBGYN doctors, the pediatrician, no matter where you are in the world, that uh, the baby received the uh, erythromycin ointment, right? To prevent gonorrhea, should that happen, right? Right? You want to be, you want anything, anything prophylactic that will prevent that is necessary, right? And vitamin K is necessary. So, um, I think this is a very good topic you could, um, begin a discussion with uh, people around you, right? See what's going on in your neighborhood, where you live, all right? where you deliver your babies, what's going on. Uh, 
asking questions and demanding answers, right? Demanding answers that these things be done as part of caring for a newborn. Thank you so much for listening. This is Dr. Anselm Chubike Anyoha, MD, a PhD in infant mental health and early childhood development, a pediatrician for 30 years. So I think I have some vital information to share with the public and the world. Thank you.